The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM. This is Sam Sword. Uh, Daryl's having a little technical difficulties. He'll be joining us uh, shortly. Uh, we got an exciting show lined up for everyone today. Uh, today's main topic is uh, where are the development programs that would encourage minorities to become more involved in, uh, in football. As you know, there were uh, several head coaching positions that were available uh, this offseason, along with seven uh, general managers' positions. And uh, those hirings are now complete. And uh, to the satisfaction of no one, there were uh, no minority uh, coaches hired, uh, no minority uh, general managers hired. And, uh, you know, that leads us to the question, uh, what more can be done to uh, to encourage minorities to, uh, to get involved in football? And, uh, you know, the NFL, they are – Proud sponsors of uh, punt, pass, and kick uh, competitions. They do a lot when it comes to breast cancer awareness. Uh, they do a lot for our troops. They do a uh, they do a lot of good good things. But uh, the question today is: uh, Could more have been done to uh, put minorities in a position where they could become head coaches? And uh, I, for one. Uh, would just like to see some type of a mentoring program that uh, maybe encourage guys to become more quarterback coaches, uh, to become uh, wide receiver coaches. Hey, hey, Sam, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Hey, Sam, do, are we going to teach people how to become billionaires, billionaires and zillionaires so they can buy some of these franchises? Are we going to find these billionaires that are African? Americans and maybe maybe because they are African American, they will hire a African American head coach and give him an opportunity, or hire an African American general manager and give him an opportunity. I don't think we're going to find these positions for these people until we find these billionaires that are willing to go out and spend some fun money on a on an NFL franchise. You know, if you want to buy a franchise right now, you better have a billion dollars. You gotta have a billion dollars, and you're not gonna teach anyone to become a billionaire. I mean, that's uh, some people just have that in them to to become a billionaire. And and I do realize that owners are going to hire whomever they want to hire. But uh, if you look at the trend today, if you look at 
the uh, the NFL game, most of the minority candidates that are considered good coaching candidates are on the defensive side of the ball. You got uh, Ray Horton, who just left the Cardinals to go to the Browns. You got Perry Fowell, who's with the Giants. Mel Tucker, who just left the Jaguars to go to the Bears. You have Allen Williams, that's with the Vikings. You had Todd Bowles, who just left Philadelphia to go to the Cardinals. And all of these guys are on the defensive side of the ball. I would agree. uh, In in today's trend, offense is what's selling. The offensive guys are the ones who are getting the positions. And, uh, you know, coming into this season, we didn't have not a single minority um, offensive coordinator until Cam Cameron got fired in Buffalo. And uh, Coach Caldwell was promoted to offensive coordinator. If you look at the big picture thing, a lot of the guys that are being promoted to offensive coordinator, they're the quarterback coaches. We currently have three minority um, quarterback coaches in the NFL out of 32 teams. So uh, those are the guys who are going to get that next look. And, uh, you know, if I was an owner, I would hire who I would – the person that I would – that I feel is best for the job. But, uh, you know, you can say this uh, billionaire comments, you're not going to teach people to become a billionaire, but you also know too, that a lot of times uh, you, you can just call a spade a spade. Some of these rich billionaires, they don't want a, um, a African-American or a, a minority leading their franchise, regardless of how qualified they are. And um, so I figure instead of saying, Hey, we got to hire X amount of um, black coaches, if I'm an owner, you're not going to tell me who I'm going to hire. But if if minorities are going to be fast tracked to become a head coach, they're going to have to become quarterback coaches instead of wide receiver coaches. And you know the Rooney Rule is set up; it um, it has good intentions. But a lot of times, guys are satisfying that rule, uh, giving minorities token interviews. Uh, just to satisfy the Rooney rule, if, if you really want to see progress, I feel that we're going to have to um, – guys are going to have to become quarterback coaches. They're going to have to be more involved in the game plans. And uh, then that way they can learn how to become a coordinator before you can become a head coach. Well, that is true, Sam. The, the quarterback position is a very key position in football. However, when we look back at – let's go to a level lower. Let's go to the college ranks. When we look at the Division One teams in college – we don't find many coaches in the Division One ranks. And we've seen in the past that if a Division One black coach loses his job, the chances of him getting another job are basically slim and none. And let's go a step lower than that. When we start looking at the high school levels, we don't find a lot of high school high schools with minority coaches, man, especially at the head coach position. And if you want to take another look at it, if you ever look at a head coach in high school – he is more than likely going to be his quarterback coach. No one else is going to coach his quarterbacks except the head coach. And when we find that, that when we find that eighty percent of the head coaches in Florida are white, hey, I think you we find the answer to our question. You know, we're good enough to run, jump, catch, and tackle and throw. But when it comes to um, being in a leadership position uh, that doesn't involve physical strength, uh, it just seems that we're we're not qualified in a lot of people's. Uh, eyes and uh you know they said we couldn't play quarterback also but uh you see the trend now it is it, switching to the um african-american quarterback so uh you know th- there's just there's a lot of work that needs to be done and uh how how we get there you know that that's uh i'm not sure how we get there but 
I figure before you can become a good head coach, you're going to have to learn how to be become more involved in the um in the offensive and defensive game plan. So to me, we got to start placing guys where they can become more position them to be coordinators before they can become head coaches. And, uh, you know, to me, the Rooney rule, the one guy who's really benefited from the uh, Rooney rule was uh, Mike Tomlin. Uh, he was on no one's radar. He went into the interview and he, uh, he did an outstanding job. And uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers ended up hiring him. But uh, in most cases where minorities are being promoted to the head coaching position, it's uh, when the head coach gets fired and they're taking over in the middle of the season. And, uh, you know, uh, coming into this year, I, we're going to have four uh, four minorities uh, head coaches that's going to start the um, the 2013 season. And one of those guys, uh, Leslie Frazier, he was, uh, he was pretty much on his way out until uh, – he went on a um, a big time run this year to go ten and six and make the playoffs. Yeah, you know, Sam, um, I'm gonna tell you a story of two guys, Rob Chazinski, who is a who was a tight end at the University of Miami, two years behind me. Winston Moss was a defensive end, University of Miami, two years behind me. Last year, Winston Moss had an interview with the Oakland Raiders for their head coaching position, didn't work out. Uh, the guy McKenzie gave him an interview. Rob Chesinski has had some interviews for about the last three years, head coaching positions. He's been a coordinator for a while now. However, this year, Rob Chesinski gets the Cleveland job, and we didn't even hear about Winston Mars getting an interview this year. You know? Yeah, and I'll take it a step farther, man. You look at, uh, you look at Andy Reid. He wins four games, and he's the hottest coach on the market. Uh, Lovey Smith wins ten games and uh, he's fired and he can't find work. And and you know, uh, like like you said, um, when you when you are um, a Caucasian, you have a better chance of being recycled uh, when you get fired. You know, guys, yeah. uh, guys yeah. have that that guru status. And uh, taking nothing away from Andy Reid, I, I feel he's a fine ball coach. He did a good job in Philadelphia. I feel his time was up, but I also feel that Lovey Smith did a great job, and uh, he got an unfair shake, and it's going to be hard for him to get a, um, a head coaching job. Well, we know he's not getting a head coaching job this year, so now he has to sit out a year, and hopefully something falls in place. And, and you know, when you look at uh, Coach Tony Dungy, look at the job he did in Tampa and with Indianapolis, but when he went to Tampa, he got he had one of the worst jobs in football, and a lot of times we're putting in positions where uh, – we got to turn grapes into wine, man, and uh, sometimes that's not fair either. I agree. And now let, let me go back to Winston Moss. Winston Moss, for the last five years, he's been the assistant head coach for the Green Bay Packers. Now, hey, man, that lets you know that not only was not only has he been there, but he was there when they won their Super Bowl. He's still there. And, and and doing some magnificent things with his team, man. And it's just still, it, it puzzles me to see a guy like him who's never had a wrinkle of bad press come about him, and he can't get this head coaching job that that just can't, that he just can't get. Don't understand it, man. Well, you look at uh, Ray Horn, uh, the job he did with the Arizona Cardinals. Everybody know that the Cardinals' offense was terrible. Uh, he had their defense playing really well. He interviewed uh, for the Cardinals' job. Uh, he, he thought he had a great chance of getting the job when he didn't get it. Uh, I guess he had words with ownership, and uh, 
decided not to return. And, you know, it, it, it's just tough, man, with some of these guys. They put in a lot of hard work, and uh, they have the knowledge. They have the skill set, and uh, they're, they're being passed by. Uh, again, my my suggestion would, the, would be we, we got to groom them. We got to get them more involved in, in the game plan. So when they go into these interviews, they're going to be prepared. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of people in, in this day and age also, they don't want to, um, they don't want a guy that's known to be a, a defensive minded coach, you know, offense sales and offense, uh, create fireworks. And, uh, I'm sure we'll be in this situation in another two, three years because at the, the NFL is, a uh, is, a. Uh, it's driven off of uh, hey, what what have you done lately? You know, if if teams aren't winning, the owners they got to go out, they gotta they gotta they gotta sell change because uh, you bring in a new coach, what do everybody think? Oh man, we finally got our guy now. Instead of being four and twelve, we're gonna turn it around. And for the owners, you know, it, it it's all about making money. So now you're giving those fans that sense of hope. Now they're going out and they're buying jerseys. People are buying tickets because you have a new coach. And, and, and basically, I think the owners are just, they're getting over on everyone because they're selling change. And really all they care about is uh, creating that false sense of ex- of excitement so fans can go out and purchase those jerseys and purchase those tickets. And, uh, you know, they're, they're the ones who are making all the money. Well, we know they're making all the money. But do you really think that Chicago fans are going out celebrating the, the the hiring of Mark Trestman. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I love Mark Trestman. Mark Trestman was a graduate of Cincinnati University of Miami my freshman year. He was at the University of Miami when we won our very first national championship. I really consider this guy a friend and someone that I really care about. But I just don't see the Chicago fans saying, hey, we're going out and spend another $100 because Mark Trestman is our coach. I, I can see that. But, hey, guys, we're going to pick this up. Uh, when we come back from the break, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice American Network. flagship station for sports voice america sports okay sports fans here's your opportunity to discuss football america's favorite sport on an annual basis millions of people attend watch and listen to football both pro and college ray ellis sports an internet talk radio show was developed with the fan in mind join host former philadelphia eagles and cleveland browns strong safety ray ellis on voice america sports every tuesday at 1 p.m pacific for exciting interactive football discussions from the fans perspective tune in every tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time. Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Sam, we were just talking about Coach Trestman. And uh, and one, one of Coach Trestman's assets is he is a quarterback guru. He knows the quarterback position probably better than anyone I've ever been around. I mean, this guy has worked with Jim Kelly. He worked with Mark Trestman. He worked with Bernie Kosar. He worked with um, he worked with Vinny Testaverde. And man, a lot, had, of the, a lot of those guys are has beens, but he's also worked with a lot of the guys recently too. Well, he worked with Steve just, Young. That, Come on, man. Yeah, that's just coming out of the NFL draft also. And, and speaking of Steve Young, he gave him a ringing endorsement for um that, that head coaching job and he, he compared him to Shanahan and to Bill Walsh and some of the great ones and he feel that this was a great hire. But uh he he's got a lot he got some work to be done that needs to be done with uh with Cutler. But I, I like you said, I feel he's in the best situation to succeed with a team that was ten and six. Definitely. Without without question. You know, now I, I tell you man, I was never a big fan of Shan Gailey when he was with the Buffalo uh, Buffalo Bills, but I wasn't really a big fan of his when he was with with the um with Georgia Tech in Atlanta. However, I'm not so sure about Doug Mar- uh, Marone. I'm not so sure if he's the man for the job in Buffalo. Well, I'll tell you, man. A, a lot of people really feels that when it's all said and done, out of the eight guys that were hired, that he's gonna become he's gonna be the star of the uh of the eight that has a uh, that has been hired. And uh, so, but you never know, man. Uh, a, a lot of their success is going to depend on the uh, the talent and the support that they get from the organization. Uh, some of, some of these jobs, you have a, a you got a lot more um, digging to do than than others. Like I said, I feel the Bears is a really good job. Uh, you you have a, a solid defense. You you have a, an offense in place with a big time uh, wide receiver, an All Pro. Uh, guy in uh in Marshall you got a a strong running game you got a, a quarterback that's going to probably get the proper uh toolage that he needs to be successful and uh it, it has a chance to to be a, a a big time job man but uh you know just uh you know kicking back to what needs to be done as far as getting minorities more involved I got one more interesting story that I um, that I ran across. Uh, Curtis Johnson, he's the um, he's the Tulane football head coach. You know, uh, Curtis Johnson, 
he mentored a young coaching assistant uh, by the name of Sean Payton when he was in San Diego. Sean Payton got his start as a wide receivers coach. And uh, th- this is uh, just another example of, of how some of the minority coaches are, are treated. He mentored Sean Payton. Sean Payton surpassed him on the coaching lap. When Sean Payton got the job in uh, in New Orleans, he brought along Curtis Johnson to become his wide receivers coach. Never did did he uh, give him a sniff as far as being a coordinator. And, uh, you know, Curtis ended up taking the job with Tulane. But it's just another example of how some of our guys are being passed over. Yeah. I I agree with you, man. And and um and if I'm not mistaken, I think this is the same Curtis Johnson that was a wide receiver coach at the University of Miami at one point. Uh, I would, yes, you're right. Yeah, but, but this was. guy's this guy's a big time football coach that just hasn't had the opportunity. And, and now, what's going to happen? He's he has to go to Tulane. He has to be successful. He has to get another job, and then all of a sudden. Everybody's going to say, oh, he's a big-time football coach. Well, he's been a big-time football coach. Yes, he has. And the the sad part about it, Sam, if he goes to a program like Tulane and he's not successful. He'll never be a head coach again. That is really – that is the most disappointing part of it to me. We can always be a good coordinator, but, hey, you only get one shot, uh, unfortunately, when you're a a minority candidate to become a head coach. And and I'm not – again, I'm not saying, hey – Owners, you have to hire X amount of minority coaches. My thing is, let's put these guys in position where they can become coordinators. Coordinators become head coaches. Uh, if I was running a business, I'm going to hire whoever I feel gives my business the best opportunity to be successful. And I feel a lot of these owners feel that way, but something deep down inside of me is telling me that race is playing a big part in, of uh, their decision making and you know, race race is always such a sensitive subject in America. And uh, I, I would like to announce that I'm very happy that uh, Coach Caldwell is going to begin some company next year. Uh, Harold Goodwin, a former teammate of mine at the University of Michigan, has just been named offensive coordinator of the uh, Arizona Cardinals. And uh, Pep Hamilton, uh, Andrew Lux, quarterback coach at Stanford University, has just been named offensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, Andrew Luck and Pep both say that, that they're excited about working with each other again. And uh, so now we went from one to three, man. And uh, i like to just say, man, Coach Caldwell called an outstanding game yesterday. We're going to talk about that a little later, but he called a great game yesterday. I, I, I would agree with that, Sam. But, Sam, let's look at something for a second here now. If we look at a, at an NFL team, they got a 53-man roster, and 38 of those guys are African American. It's about 72 percent of the um, 72 percent of his, about 72 percent of the National Football League is minority. Is minority? Okay. Now, Sam, when we start looking at the coaching staff, there are minorities on the coaching staff. In most cases. The wide receiver coach is, is going to be African-American. Defensive back coach may be African-American. Running back um, coach. The running, the running back coach is going to probably be African-American. They're going to have two defensive linemen coach, and I can guarantee you one of them is going to be an Af- African-American. All right? So now we look at the coaching staff. It might be 
African-American or 50-50 African-American. All right? Now, you start thinking about other jobs on an American football team, we can't have too many more minorities, man, because now it's an entire minority. You understand what I'm saying? So some of these positions have to be white. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, that they have to go to white people, but I'm just saying. If we have hey. black GMs, black head coaches, there are no positions. Seven GMs people. was also, uh, seven, uh, GM positions was available, no minority candidates. But, but you know, at the same time, you're going to have people saying, hey, uh, you're going to have people saying, hey, uh, where's the white running backs? Where's the right the white defensive backs? And, and you know what where's we're gonna the say? white wide receivers? And you know what you we're know? gonna say? We're gonna say, hey, hey, he he wasn't qualified to make the team. He and wasn't good put, enough. They're gonna and put you, the and best player in position to be successful. And that's the same thing. That's the same thing the owners are saying. That's the same thing the owners are saying. And are they wrong for saying that? To take no. again, I'm not telling the owners who to hire. You just said that it's probably sixty forty on the coaching staff. I'm saying let's get them more involved in the game plan so they can put themselves in position to become head coaches if that's something that they um, feel that they want to be in the future. Because if they're 60-40, how much are they being utilized in the game plan? Is it just a quarterback coach and a head coach? Uh, a lot of times a quarterback coach serves as the offensive coordinator. So that's what I'm saying. And, and also sometimes a guy can have a title and, and that title doesn't fit the job description. You can be the offensive coordinator, but you're not calling the plays. You're just the offensive coordinator in name. So, you know, hey, if it's 60-40, let's just get more. Let's get that running back coach. Let's get that wide receiver coach. Let's get that D-line coach. Let's get them more involved in the game plan. So now when it comes, when a, when an offensive coordinator position comes up or a defensive coordinator position comes available, you can go in and interview because now you have, you have that knowledge. So you, and, and at the end of the day, you have to be able to sell yourself and, and your knowledge of the game and your ability to um, install a system and how it will lead to winning. That, that, know, that's Sam, what's important. Sam, we, we've seen some coaches get jobs that I don't think they're really, really ready for, nor were they qualified for. And, and Tampa Bay hired a coach two years ago Three years ago, I don't think he was ready for the job, and I don't think he was qualified. And I'll tell you this, Romeo Cremel got the job this year, last year, 2012, for the um, the Kansas City Chiefs. He, he was qualified. He inherited, he, he inherited but, but that I, job, though. He inherited it. Well, they gave it to him. He got it, inherited got it. However he got it, he got it. He didn't go through an interview process with a whole bunch of candidates. He had to step in. And take a disaster and, 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 and right the ship. And then they said, Oh, we'll give you another year. And, uh, hey, Coach Cromel, he went through a lot this year, man. So, yeah, he did. He I, went my, through my, a lot. Prayer, my prayers are with him and everything that he had to go through. So, you know what? In, in his case, to me, he needs, he needs to take a year off. But at the end of the day, what do everybody say? Hey, he's not a good head coach, but man, can he coach he's the defense? Can it, can it, it's wow, as he a coordinator. <laughs> he's a great That's defensive true. coordinator. So yeah. hey, man. Yeah, you're right. Hey, but man, I'm gonna tell you this though, man. North Turner should have lost his job four years ago. Uh, here's North, a guy. North here's Turner a guy. Just, North Turner just took a big time job, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, he did. And, and um. Coach Chazinski did an outstanding. That's a big time hire That's in my opinion. Hire. Because uh, the one thing North Turner can do is North North Turner. He can 
he can call some plays as as an offensive coordinator. And, and again, he's one of those guys, in my opinion. Hey, he, he, maybe he's not a great head coach, but uh, he's a big time offensive coordinator. Well, that's a question, North Turner. Could he have had? Could he, uh, could Levy Smith have had his job for the last six years? Uh, no. Uh, I, to be honest, I, I I would say the um the most uh. The minority that's in the best situation is uh, Marvin Lewis because uh, Marvin Lewis because he worked for an owner that uh, just refused to have a guy sitting on the sidelines and him paying him, and uh, and I really feel that that's one of the reasons that he was he's been able to keep his job uh, for so long. And uh, but when you look at the Bengals franchise, man, you're talking about one of the worst franchises in uh, pro sports, and Marvin Lewis has done he's done an outstanding job when you look at everything that uh all the obstacles that he he faced in uh taking that job so uh that that was one of those situations where it worked out for both parties hey guys you're listening to sports info um on the voice america network we'll be right back after the break Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Info UM. Sam, you were were just talking about coaches being paid to sit on the sideline. Speaking of Marvin, uh, Marvin Lewis, However, Mike Malarkey, he spent one season as a Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, and now he's going to be sitting on the sidelines somewhere sipping on margaritas, making a whole bunch of money for doing what? Nothing. Hey, man, he can thank uh, Gene Smith, the uh, the recently fired uh, general manager, for uh, making making that decision. But, hey, I, I, I really like the uh, Jaguars' new hire, uh, Gus Bradley, coming from Seattle. Seattle's had a lot of success in the last couple of years. Uh, he's a defensive-minded guy. Uh, he has a lot of work to do. Uh, 
So he's going to have to work closely uh, with the new general manager that uh, the Jaguars hired, and uh, hopefully they can uh, turn that franchise around. You know, the Jag- Jacksonville Jaguars franchise is about 45 minutes uh, north of uh, our our hometown of Palm Coast. So, you know, that is definitely a franchise that we uh, support, and we try to get up to as many games as possible. Yeah, and and, um, and his biggest challenge, I think, is to get um, Jones Drew back on the field. You know, and find a nice quarterback mix, and I know I don't know who it's going to be, but he's going to have to find a quarterback and get Jones Drew back on the field. Well, it's good news that Jones Drew said that he will not be holding out a training camp this year, so uh, that's a uh, that's welcome news, and uh, I, I really feel that uh, they got some nice receivers, some young receivers that uh, they could they should be proud of the job they did this year. So uh, looking forward to see uh, what he can do, man. You got defense win games, man. You got to, you got to play some good, nice sound defense, but man, the guy that I'm really surprised about, he did a, a 360 uh, two weeks ago. I thought that it, it was a done deal with uh, chip Kelly and uh, Philadelphia. I thought chip Kelly, let it be known that he was going to return to Oregon uh, and uh, continue to build on the, success he's had with the uh, Ducks. But, man, was I surprised when I heard news that Chip Kelly took the Philadelphia Eagles coaching job. What's your thoughts on that, man? You know, man, these guys talk out of the side of their neck so much, and it really just aggravates the heck out of me for a a guy to, I mean, woo these kids to college. I'm going to be here for you. Ma'am, don't worry about anything. I'm going to be his father away from home. Send your son to me. He has no worries. I'm going to take care of him. Uh, He's going to take care of him until the the next best thing comes up. Uh, Hey, in this case, man, I'm not mad at Chip Kelly. Uh, And to me, if you're a coach uh, that's had a lot of success at the high school level, the college level, uh, eventually in the back of your mind is, hey, will my system work in the NFL? And I look at Chip Kelly almost like Steve Spurrier. You know, Coach Spurrier had a lot of success at Florida, and a lot of people was, hey, man, will a funny gun work at the next level? Uh, so now I feel Chip Kelly's in a, in a similar situation. Uh, when, when you can sign a deal for six years, man, uh, $6.5 million a year, it's a uh, or five years, six point five million dollars a year. That's a that's a lot of money to be turning down. So that's a lot uh, of money. That, it, it's a lot of money, and at the same time, I'm sure he's looking at it. Hey, if I get fired in three years, they're gonna owe me a boatload of money, and I can always go back to college and command a a, a salary that's similar to what uh what I was making. And, and the reality of it is, if Chip Kelly strikes out with the Philadelphia uh, Eagles. Uh, a good college coach will lose his job because uh, ads are gonna um, they're gonna want to bring in Chip Kelly, man. I, I agree totally, man. I, I really do. But I really think Chip Kelly is going to be looking for one of those college jobs sooner than later because I don't think that you can go from a college program working with young men to an NFL team where you're working with men that are making as much money as you, in some cases more money than you, and you can't just just talk to them any kind of way. You can't look at them crooked. You can't can't express how you feel, the way they're playing. It's it's different, and I just don't see him having the success. Like you were saying, the reason a lot of these minority coaches are not being hired is because they're not in a position of, of coordinator, well, you have to be around the game in the NFL. And I don't think you can come from college to the pros and be a head coach. I just don't see it. Because for one thing, he's going to bring 
college coaches. Hey, Jimmy Johnson did it. So why can't Chip Kelly do it? Jimmy Johnson did it in an era where he took a Dallas Cowboy team, traded Herschel Walker, and brought an all-star team to his team. Yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, that but, helped but, him, man. Hey, and a well, lot of draft picks. You know, what I think got, what, what allowed what allowed what allowed Jimmy Johnson to uh to command the voice of the locker room? Winning winning national championships at the University of Miami. Well, well, Chip Kelly's been to several BCS championships. He has games, not so, won a championship. Hey, he's been to several BCS games. So you know, he, I, I think you got to get him in. You got to give him a, a, a fair shake. I mean, I'm gonna give him it, two years. I'll give him it, two it, years. It's not fair to say, oh, he can't do it. You know, hey, he's gonna have some work. We there's, look at there's we definitely look at, work that has that has to be done. But if you look at the roster, they got two speedy receivers. They got a they got two nice tailbacks. Uh, I, I tell you, the the one guy in my mind who's really excited about this hire is uh, Dennis Dixon, his uh, quarterback from three four years ago. This is a guy to me that knows the system that can step in. He has the athletic ability. You look at some of the success that a lot of these running quarterbacks are having. Hey, man, if I'm Chip Kelly, I'm trying to swing a deal uh, with, with the Pittsburgh Steelers to get Dennis Dixon if he's not a unrestricted uh, free agent. Hey, he can bring in Dennis Dixon, man, but he, he better, he'd be much better served to find himself a drop-back quarterback. And don't, don't now, Volick is not the quarterback for um, – Chip Kelly, by no means is he the quarterback, but he's going to have to find someone, and he might 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 even be good to might even be a good thing to keep Michael Vick around for a little while. I don't not to the tune of twenty million dollars. Hey, but man, uh, moving along, which coach out of the new hires do you feel will have the most success next year? Who's going to win the most games, or who's going to have the most success? Sam? You know, um, I'm going to say success, you know, because sometimes you, you, go. you got right. to look at the state of some of these franchises. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you when you won four games this year or two or three games, hey, right. to me, success is getting to eight and eight, man. Let's get to 500. That's uh, what I'm saying. If I'm looking at this list, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to go with Bruce Aarons, uh the newly hired coach of the Cardinals, uh, he got a pretty, uh, pretty good defense that's, uh, that's in place. He's going to have a new defensive coordinator. He's bringing, uh, Todd Bowles from the Philadelphia Eagles to be his, uh, defensive coordinator. Has some offensive talent. Uh, he got a big time receiver and, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, I, I really feel that, uh, their, their problems start with the quarterback and, uh, I feel he's going to get that fixed. Uh, so I, I look at the Cardinals as a team that, uh, you know, three years ago they were in the Super Bowl, man. So I, I, look, I think there's definitely some talent on that team, and I, I think Coach Arians is in a nice situation. You know, I, I look at the Cleveland Browns and Rob Chazinski, and not just because Rob Chazinski was a teammate of mine and a friend, but I really think they have some tools there that could take them to the next level. I mean, when you, when you look at um, um, Brandon Whedon, he played some pretty good football this year. And when you look at Trent Richardson, he was probably in, on, a, on a top scale of the running backs this year. Not maybe the best running back in the NFL, but when he was healthy, he played at a very, very high level. So I really think Rob has some weapons to work with, a solid foundation to start with. And I think he's not going to have to win a lot to be a success in this season coming up. 
So Rob Chazinski is my man to go for, go have the best season this year. Okay, well we wait. We we shall see, man. Hey, another story that uh I've really just I'm, I'm sick of hearing about it is uh Manti Teo and uh the hoax of his girlfriend. Uh, was he a part of it? Uh, it, to be honest, in my opinion, uh, how I feel about it, he didn't kill anyone. He told a lie, if anything, and uh, I, I really feel that the media is more upset with the fact that they didn't do their homework and, oh, how dare he not tell us that he wasn't telling the truth. Uh, you know, uh, where, where I feel he's going to be heard at is when it comes uh, to the NFL scouting combine where he's going to have to sit down, he's going to have to speak to these teams, he's going to have to look them in the face, and he's going to have to answer their questions. You know, when uh, if, if I'm a team, if I'm going to invest a top, 15 to 20 pick in a, in a young man. I'm going to do my homework. So uh, to me, that's where he's going to have to answer the tough questions. And, uh, hey, I, I would be looking into getting some uh, mental health evaluations to see uh, what's going on with the young man. Well, it is some things going on with a young man, that's for sure. But I tell you something my mom always told me, Sam. If you a lie, you'll steal. So the NFL got their eyes open on this guy, man. They don't want him to come in there and steal no money. And that the way he played in that national championship game, if they high, if they draft him in the first round early, he's gonna be stealing. Hey, man, he was uh he was thinking about being told that uh the story of his girlfriend wasn't true, so he he couldn't really focus. But hey, man, I'm tired of talking about this. Let's move on, man. Yesterday, to me, was the best weekend of the national football season. What more could you ask for, man? The San Francisco 49ers and the Atlanta Falcons, uh, just a a very exciting game, uh, in my opinion. Just just a great football game, man. And and all I can do is say go blue. Uh, University of Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, Harold Goodwin, uh, congratulations. Uh, won a tough game against Atlanta yesterday, man. And uh, Colin Kaepernick, he, he answered a lot of questions yesterday. Yes, he did. He answered a lot of questions. And I tell you, man, that game yesterday really brought back memories of some of those old San Francisco 49ers, New York Giants in the 80s, or San Francisco 49ers, Dallas Cowboys in the 80s and the 90s. Man, those were some battles that you you never forget. And that game yesterday, man, reminded me a lot of those kind of games, back and forth. San Francisco never gave up. But are we going to call Matt Ryan an incomplete quarterback? Are we going to say that Matt Ryan is that guy that can't get the job done, can't take his team to the Super Bowl? Is he gonna is he gonna get that kind of label? Hey, man, I I really feel that it's uh, fair right now to put that label on him. You know, he uh. He squeaked out a victory against uh, Seattle the week before to get his first playoff victory. But, uh, I mean, you're talking a 20 to nothing lead, man, that, uh, they squandered away, uh, 21 nothing. So it, it's kind of, it, it's tough, man. But, uh, hey, when you're the quarterback, you're going to get all the, um, publicity and you're also going to get all the criticism when things aren't going your way. Hey guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. When we come uh, back, we're going to finish talking about this Atlanta-San Francisco game and we're going to touch on the New England-Baltimore game.
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Info UM. Sam, those were two of the best games we've seen in a long, long time yesterday, man. And the San Francisco 49ers and Kaepernick pulled it out. Hey man, uh, you know a lot of there was a lot of talk. Hey, Kaepernick, he rushed for 181 yards. He set all type of um, quarterback rushing records in the playoffs. Uh, will he be able to duplicate the running against the uh, Atlanta Falcons? Well, the the, the answer is no, because uh, the young man showed that I can read defenses. I, I can not only run the ball. But uh, I can be successful passer. I think he did an outstanding job with the zone replay, handing the ball off, not trying to do too much. And uh, he made some big-time plays in the passing game. And, and I really feel that the key to the 49ers' victory yesterday was him and Vernon Davis finally getting on the right track. And, uh, hey, man, the young man was 16-21, to 21, 233 yards and a touchdown. Um, he didn't have to run the ball much. Two carries, 21 yards. Um, Frank Gore was his steady self, you know, 21 carries, 90 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, just, man, just proud to see a young man that has been through a lot of adversity, uh, a couple ACL injuries, uh, to be going to the Super Bowl, man. Big time leader hey, that team. University of Miami, what more do we need to say? I knew that was coming. Hey, and Frank Gore was, was a standout running back at the University of Miami. This is a young man that blew out both knees. You know, had ACL surgery on both knees. And, and some of us thought he'd never play again. And we've seen this young man come back, man, and was better than ever. And, his, and he's taking his game to the NFL. 
and has turned out to be an outstanding running back, man. He, he's the all-time leading rusher for the San Francisco 49ers. But uh, uh, getting back to Matt Ryan, man, not to get off subject and, and uh, take away from the outstanding job that Frank Gore's done of the 49ers. You know, you mentioned, hey, uh, is he going to be labeled as a guy who can't win the big game? Well, I'll tell you this. In, in my opinion, Matt Ryan did everything but uh, pick up the litter. Uh, after everybody left, uh, he had a, he had an outstanding game uh, yesterday. He did throw a crucial interception, but thirty of forty two, three hundred ninety six yards, three touchdowns in the interception. Uh, Julio Jones came up big. Uh, Roddy White came up big. Uh, Tony Gonzalez came up big. The stars for Atlanta uh, that they they played well on the offensive side of the ball. If if you're going to criticize uh, anyone in the Atlanta Falcons organization, you're going to have to. Um, point the finger at the defense and say, hey, man, we had a lead, and uh, we, we couldn't protect the lead. You know, man, I'm going to tell you something, man. Matt Ryan had a crucial fumble late in the game, and it was all on him. It wasn't like someone knocked the ball out of his hand. It wasn't like he got stripped. No, he took his eyes off the ball. Was looking downfield, yes. Took, took his eyes off the ball, dropped it, and San Francisco recovered. And, and, and so, uh, you know, you could talk about what a good game he played, but he threw an interception and he had a crucial fumble. Two turnovers cost them the game. Uh, in, in big time games like that, uh, normally the team that wins the turnover battle, they're gonna, they're gonna win the game. But, uh, hey man, he, he made some big time plays also. And when you give your team a lead, well, what is the defense's job? The defense's job is to protect the lead. Protect the lead. And, and, and yes, yeah, he did have a, he, he had a fumble and uh, he had an interception, but he also made some outstanding plays. Uh, but hey, at the end of the day, it's a team sport. So, you know. And you uh, know what else, Matt? You know what else Ryan didn't do, Sam? He didn't score one point in the second half. He, he didn't, he didn't, they didn't score a point. In the second half. Uh, come on, you, you, your quarterback is expected to do a little bit more for you, especially late in the game in the second half. It also hurt them not, not to have Michael Turner. You know, they had a, their, their running game. Their running game struggled yesterday. So they, it, it's hard to beat a good team when you're one-dimensional, when you're just airing the ball out. And, Sam, I think eventually we're going to have to start asking some questions about him. And he's, he's going to definitely be a question mark. Is he going to be with that team next year, speaking of Michael Turner? You know, but, Sam, man, uh, the game last night, the second game, the NFC Championship game, wow. AFC Championship AFC game. AFC Championship game, wow. What a game, man. And I was so thrilled to see the New England Patriots and Tom Brady not pull out another victory. And to see Ed Reed from the U. And to see Ray Lewis from the Lou. And to see Brian McKinnon from the U. Hey, Doing man. Doing that thing, man. Doing that thing. We're going to have an all-hardball Super Bowl. But, uh, man, that was, that was a big-time game yesterday. Uh, first half was fairly close. Uh, it was 13 uh, 10 or 7 at the half. But, man, I, I, I tell you what, the, 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 the play that really just gets my attention in that game uh, was delivered by Bernard Pollard, man. Uh, when, uh, when it looked like New England was going to drive and get back into the game, he came and he laid the boom. And uh, 
as soon as he hit the guy, it's like he he just went numb. Stephen Ridley didn't have a chance, man. And uh, my thing was was that helmet to helmet was that not helmet to helmet? But when he hit him, he did a split and just he dropped the ball. He didn't know where the ball was at. He didn't know where he was at, and uh, that really just changed the whole momentum of that game. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That that changed the momentum of the game, but it also it also um. Look like it took a little bit of momentum from the New England Patriots. It really looked like it took a little bit of the steam out of them, man. But I tell you, uh, Tom Brady did not have the best game. We've seen Tom Brady have much better games than he had yesterday. We've seen Wes Welker have much better games than he's had yesterday. And saying one more thing, I've told you this before, the two tight ends set will not work in the NFL, especially when these guys are over 6'6". These tight ends that are over 6'6", it's not going to work. They're going to find more and more injuries. We've seen I, don't, it. I, don't, I don't think it had anything to do with the two tight end sets. I'm not going to take anything away from the um, the Baltimore Ravens, man. Uh, you know, they, they had a great game plan. They executed it. And, uh, you know, you, you got to tip your hat to them. In, in my opinion, the better team won yesterday. I was rooting for New England, but, hey, man, Joe Flacco, uh, I've given him a lot of flack. Uh, you've given him a lot of flack about is he an elite quarterback. Well, yesterday he was a, he was elite. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we also mentioned it here on this show that once they get Ray Rice more involved, once they get Anquan Bolden more involved, they're going to be successful. I, I really like the um, wrinkle that uh, the Baltimore Ravens added yesterday. They hit the little intermediate passing routes, and they took the underneath uh, passes. They took what the defense gave them, and they were very successful, man. Flacco did an outstanding job of leading his team. The defense made plays, and, uh, hey, they're going to the Super Bowl, man. Oh yeah, and 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 deservingly so, man. And I and and I think we have to think about what Ray Lewis when Ray Lewis came out and said that this is it, he's retiring after this season. I think that was a big motivator for uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, and I think they did kind of lock into something that that they didn't necessarily have going into before Ray Lewis said he was going to retire at the end of the season. Hey man, it's like now let's win one for the Gipper man. Ray Lewis is uh he's meant a lot to that franchise. He's been a, a great uh, pro. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, hey, what more can I say? The Baltimore Ravens played an outstanding job yesterday. Hey, in sports, the best team don't always win, man. But uh, I, I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm looking forward to next week so we can talk about the Harbaugh brothers and uh. I'm looking forward to the 49ers uh, beating the Baltimore Ravens in the Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to a lot of things. Hey, I just want to wish all our listeners a a happy Martin Luther King uh, Day. And, uh, you know, we'll be back with you next week. Uh, Anything you'd like to say in these last 30 seconds, Daryl? Hey, hey, Sam, we'll be back next week. But will Wes Welker be with the Patriots next year? Hey, man, that's hey. We'll We'll give you our opinions, our expert uh, our expertise on that subject next week, along with the, a lot of other subjects. Hey, guys, we'd like to thank everyone for listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. We out. Happy MLK. Peace. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.